All right, here we go, everybody. Episode number 34 of Sports Cards Live. Well, first, before we get going here, uh, as always, I want to take a minute and thank a couple of my previous guests. So just th today's Wednesday, back on Saturday, August the 1st, we did a little bit of a, I called it a mixtape episode, some random questions and that, but I did bring on guest name Cardinal of IndigenousRookieCard.com, an excellent and important historical project he's working on. I recommend you check that out. That video lives on the YouTube channel now in the archives and is available for you to view. I also want to thank, uh, and this is, you know, I'm going to thank uh, Jason and Katie from Player's Choice again for having me live in their in their store on July the 25th. That was a lot of fun. Sports Cards Live hit the road that uh, that night. I was on vacation, so we did it from there. Another really fun show. And I'm and because we have Jeremy Murray from Beckett uh, Grading Services and Authentication on tonight, it's only fitting that I thank Dr. James Beckett who joined me here on July the 22nd. So. Upcoming episodes, guys, and I'm going to put them on the ticker in a little bit, but uh, this uh, Saturday, Brian Gray from Leaf Trading Cards will be joining me for a sort of an update to the last time he he joined me for a State of the Hobby uh, address, and that'll be a lot of fun to hear from him. On uh, the following Wednesday, the buyer of the BGS 10 Sidney Crosby uh, RPA from 2005 that sold for $125,200 will be joining me, and he has some other amazing cards, so you'll want to see that. And See what one of these high-end collectors is like. August 15th, Greg Cohn from Leaf will be joining. He's a product manager for uh, for Leaf. And then really exciting on August 19th, three days before the Golden Auctions end, Ken Golden from Golden Auctions will be joining. We'll be talking about a lot of those exciting lots that are going to be selling on August the 22nd. We are booked with guests almost through the middle of September every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to check it out. Lots of great shows still to come. I want to thank all the new members, uh, all the new viewers, I should say. Anyone who subscribed to the YouTube channel, I greatly appreciate it. We're up to almost closing in on 850 subscribers. We'd love to get to 1,000 by the end of uh, August. That would be cool. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. I would really appreciate that. And I want to thank uh, Jeremy and Beckett Grading Services for any new viewers who are joining us this evening because he is appearing I thank them for that, and I thank you all for joining. So let's bring out Jeremy Murray. Jeremy is the VP of Beckett Grading and Authentication Services. Jeremy, thank you for joining us this evening. How are you doing tonight, my man? I'm good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. So I always do like to sort of explain to the viewers a little bit about how it came that you arrived on the show this evening. So yeah. really what happened was, you know, um, Obviously, Beckett grading and Beckett authentication have gotten really busy during the pandemic. And um, you you guys made a few changes to your services uh, last week and you put out a letter to the customers, which I managed to read. And I thought, you know what, now's probably a great time to ask Jeremy to come on. You're obviously willing to communicate with a hobby. What? And I think this is a great platform to do it. It's an informal sure. setting, a comfortable setting. So let's do it and, uh, and you know, share some information with the audience. So. Uh, I reached out to you. You graciously accepted. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. And sure. on behalf of the viewers as well as the hobby for willing to being willing to uh, to join. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. So thank you so much. Okay. So guys, let's get into it. I'm going to start uh, tonight by putting on a comment on the screen that um, Dan Milburn, a, a regular watcher of the show, 
posted to the you to the Facebook group. And I, I just want Jeremy to Jeremy's going to kind of respond quickly to it. And uh, and I also want to mention to everyone who's watching right now that we've got an agenda set for this for this discussion. All the all, all what I think are most, if not all of the the tough questions, we've already kind of contemplated. We're going to get to them. So if you have questions, please understand that I may not uh, address them you know, when you ask them or within five or 10 minutes, because it might be something that we're going to get to a little bit later. So keep in mind, you know, that, that I'm not skipping over. It's something that we will get to later. So Jeremy, let's bring on this comment sure. that, Dan, that Dan asked just to, to kick things off. It's a big one. So it's going to cut off our chins. But um, basically, Dan says, OK, um, here's a question I want to ask. Over the past few years, your prices have greatly increased and you just raised them again. And I like the way you your graded card looks. But because of the increase, I've been forced to go to the other guys. And what are you going to do to get my business back? And then question two, these uh, these delays in service are not new. How is this price increase? And then it goes on to say, how is this price increase going to help the situation? Yeah. So, Jeremy, why don't you take that one and then we'll dive in further. It started right in, right in with the, the meat of the, the conversation. I like it. So he, he's exactly right. I mean, we... we we have had to raise our prices over the last couple of years. A couple of reasons for that is the demand of the service, especially this year. Um, I still, in a, in a very biased, I think we have the best service out there. I think we have the best cases. I think we have the best features. Um, and you add in something like subgrades, which is a unique feature for us. It just takes us a little bit longer to get to those cards. So um, it, a cu couple of ways to address that question is the demand has gotten so high for the service that um, we can't we can't supply. Um, the the response to that, and I don't think it's just us. I think uh, PSA is in the same boat, and I think SGC is the same same way. SGC, and I've, I've talked about it before. SGC was benefited from the pandemic a little bit because they were the only company that really never shut down. They were open throughout the the um, the shutdown that we had in March, and PSA in the same way, and they got a lot of business. And it, and at first, um, they were able to turn the stuff around quick, and I think they're now in the boat where their service level is ballooned out. Same with us, same with PSA. Um, our goal is to get the stuff in and out of our building as quick as possible. It does us no good to hold on to it. Um, so we want to get it back to you. So the, the change in our pricing is, is sort of twofold in that, that the two and five day orders recently have just swallowed us up. We're, we're getting more two and five day orders than in, in one day than we would in a week. Um, and so it was it was becoming unfair to those 10 and 30 day orders that were coming in. Um, we're getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And so our options were and in the letter. If you read the letter, our option was to shut down the two and five day service or to say, hey, we're, we're going to have to raise the prices pretty drastically to slow those down. And I think the hard part there is the the price change was 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 pretty shocking um, to go up from 60 a card to 125 a card. But it wasn't unrealistic compared to the other people in the market. If you look at what SGC charges, look what PSA charges for their faster service, we're right in that ballpark. And we still, we provide subgrades. Um, we have a service for no subgrades if you want that, a little bit faster, save a little bit of money. Um, we have an inner sleeve that other people don't have. So our, our service has a little bit more bells and whistles. And so we just had to adjust the pricing there to get this under control because the backlog of 10 and 30 was getting too much. Um, for us there. So his next question was, how do we want to get your business back? By by getting caught up on the backlog. We want to be able to provide a 10-day service in 10 days. We want the 30-day service to come back in 30 days, not 75. We don't want that. It does us no good. So how we're going to win business back is um, to get our turnaround time caught up, 
um, and get back to um, what everybody ex expects from us. Okay, thank you so much for that. Okay, before we carry on, we're just gonna say hello to some of the viewers that are uh, joining us. Legion, as always, welcome. Uh, oh boy, we got lots pouring in here already. Ziggy, welcome to the show. We have a couple anonymous Facebook users. Guys, if you are an anonymous Facebook user, I'm gonna ask you to go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. Look at the ticker right there. Click the big blue button. You only have to do it once ever. It'll allow us to interact with you a little bit better. Uh, hi, Jeremy Murray, my favorite Beckett guy ever from an anonymous. Uh, Dustin, personal finance dad, welcome to the show as always. Tim, hi, Jeremy, have a great show. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for joining. Brian, welcome to the show. Terry, good evening. Brian says, do you guys keep losing the feed? I didn't, I'm seeing no diff technical difficulties on my end so far. Anonymous Facebook user says, Jeremy's amazing, greatest service ever over the last decade or more. He's always a pleasure to deal with. Terry says, no, but Chrome works best for me. Great. No, haven't lost the fee. Okay, so there's no issue with slab. Terry, who I know is a collector, says best slabs in the business. Ziggy says best interviewer in the hobby. Thank you, Ziggy. I apologize. Uh, I applaud Jeremy for managing the audience and respect. Thank you very much, Ziggy. Uh, okay, everyone likes the Jeremys tonight. Guys, we're very yes, flattered. we got them covered. Sam, you are losing the feed. I cannot explain that. I hope it gets better for you. Um, okay. Everybody, thank you. Paul's in the house. Carlos, welcome to the show. Okay, guys. So, Jeremy, why don't you, before we jump into more of this stuff, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and kind of how long have you been at Beckett and what does yeah. your, your career trajectory look like? And were you a hobbyist before you started working at Beckett? Yeah, so I, I collected uh, in the boom of the late 80s, early 90s. Um, that's that. I, unfortunately, that's when I jumped into it. Um, so I wasn't able to retire from my Kevin Moss and Emmett Smith rookies that were right back. Yes, in Van Poppel. Oh, it's huge. So um, I, I got away from the hobby uh, from through high school and college and then got out of college and um, had a job at a college. And I saw that Beckett was hiring for graders out of a newspaper. Yes, a newspaper. I was looking through that and saw that. So I said, this is great. This is amazing. I, I know sports cards. So I went in and I applied for a position of a grader. I had no clue what a grader was. Just knew it was Beckett and I wanted to go work there. HR lady said, I'm going to tell you right now with your personality, you're not going to be able to be a grader. You, those guys have to sit there. They're, they don't really talk to anybody. They focus on their job, but we'll give you the test. And it's still kind of a running joke that it's one of the worst tests that anyone has ever taken there to be a grader. Um, I think it's somewhere at the office, but I haven't seen it in a while, but that's the running joke. So I started off there and doing customer service sales things like that right off the bat. Um, then started doing trade shows, traveling around. I was a young guy. Um, I was traveling to um, great cities around, dealing with, with people and a lot of the guys that, that I still work with now are guys that I've worked with for um, 20 years. I'm going on 20 years this September. And so moved up, started managing trade shows. Um, then went into operations management with the team, uh, moved into the position um, that I am now, vice president over the grading department. Then um, Added Beckett authentication on, onto the plate, and then now CBCS, a comic book grading division that we have there. Um, so I've kind of taken that along. So I've done pretty much everything in the department besides grading, which is the best news for anybody that um, has to have their cards graded because I, I can't see the stuff. I can't see the flaws here that our graders do, and that's why I respect these guys so much. Um, so that's my background. That that's kind of the um, where I started. And in this September, it will be. 20 years with with Beckett, and it's it's a it's a great job to have because when you when you enter a conversation with a guy 
So I'm 43. So you and I go with a conversation about my age and you say, I work for a company called Beckett. And they say, you mean like, like the baseball card magazine? And it immediately starts a conversation. Oh, I've got this. I need you to look at this. I've got this. And it's great because it's a unique job. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm in finance or I'm, a, I'm in or real estate. It's, it's a pretty good thing to say in a, in a, a good icebreaker when you, when you start a conversation. For sure. I, you know, I think we all experience that as soon as you tell someone that you do cards as a hobby or that you work in it right away. Oh, I have these cards. I have those cards, right? It happens for all of us. Okay. Awesome. Man. Or, so or, or it says, or it says, are there, is there still money in cards? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's still a little bit of money there. in cards. A little bit is of money. there ever just, just yeah. do some Google searches. Yeah. So uh, you've obviously been inundated lately. You mentioned it as we kicked off the show. Um, I want to talk a bit about graders themselves. Uh, so, what does it take to be a grader? What do you look for in a grader? And I guess really, I should back up a bit. Are you guys looking to hire more graders right now to help you handle the backlog that, that has built up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I could not say it or yell it loud enough. We are looking for graders and not just graders. Any part of the team that can can come on. If you know cards, and as graders are a unique breed, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, but yes, we're hiring, actively looking for graders to so continue to hire graders. I wish there was a line that wrapped around the building for graders because um, we, would, we would take them all. So to, to be a grader, and like I said, there's no way I could do it. Um, these guys look at cards all day. They look for imperfections in cards all day underneath magnification, underneath lights, um, hundreds upon hundreds of cards per day. Um, so you're not just looking for flaws. You're also looking for alterations, measuring cards, things like that. So it's a grueling, grueling job. And if, if uh, many of your, your viewers here probably know, just skimming through cards that you get on a regular basis out of packs or boxes or things like that, it'll wear on you. And, and to do that five, six, seven days a week, sometimes for 10 to 12 hours a day, it, it's, a, it's a tough job. For sure. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us kind of think, oh, how awesome would it be to work for Beckett or, or one right. of the other companies and be a grader until you kind of hear comments like that, that... Yeah. Uh, it can get very monotonous and and mentally and physically exhausting too. I yeah. would think just sitting there looking through a loop all the time and yeah. uh, or magnification and all that. Okay, so you guys are how how are you going about recruiting more graders? Where do you how, what kind of reach do you have? Um, can people watching today throw out uh throw throw in their resume? Yeah, for sure, and, and that's one thing that I'm, I'm excited to get out and talk about things like this and um, say yeah we're we're hiring and and we have a, a link on our website go to becca.com. And on there, um, there's a link for to our HR department. And, and if you want to work for Beckett, it's a great place to go in there. And, and like I said, it's not just for graders. If you want, if you have a, a memory for cards and you know cards, we're hiring. If you want to be in the production team, we're hiring. Um, so it's a lot of people just want to get their foot in the door. And we've had a lot of guys that have moved up from from they come in the door as a production guy and learn cards and and, and move up, and they're graders now and they've learned the process. So um, that's the first thing I do. I go to the website and, and put in your resume. Tell us a little bit about your, your hobby experience um, and let's see if we can reach out to you. Um, and it's not just in the Dallas area. I don't want that to be a misconception that if, if you live in, in Canada or you live in Florida or whatever, we're interested. We're, we're, we are hiring and we'll get you in. We'll get an interview um, if it works out there. So website's the best place to go there. Great. And I'll throw that up. I, actually, I won't throw that up there, but it's, it's Beckett.com. Very simple. Okay. Yep. Easily find that. Um, you mentioned production. Can you just like really quickly, what does it mean when you say you can work in production? What are you doing if you're working in production? Pr production is just encasing the cards, uh, okay. putting labels with cards, um, 
get it, it's, it's kind of the end step before shipping that's there. So you've got um, you've got a, a, a department that does invoicing, processing the order and the payment, a verification team which go through there and identify all of the cards, the graders, the guys that print labels, and then a, a production team. So I okay, I apply, I get the job, I come to Dallas, I'm working for Beckett, and I come in as a junior grader. How long am I a junior grader for? And while I'm a junior grader, are all the cards I'm grading being um, reviewed by somebody else before the official grade is determined? We hope you're a junior grader for a very short time. That's the ideal situation is to come in there, get trained, uh, learn the process, and then you move up to a senior level quickly. That's ideal. It's a tough job, though. And so how quick it, how quick it goes is really up to the person. If you have somebody that knows the industry, knows how to grade, it goes quick. You may start a little bit higher level, um, but you can have a guy that that comes in there and has loves the industry, loves that, but does not know how job is at times and just can't do it. You could be there four and five years and never, never elevate to the next level. And that's unfortunate because we need those people to do that. Um, and so along the way, you're, you're constantly learning. And it's not just at the junior grader level that, um, your cards are being reviewed and you're being discussed and things like that. There's banter around the room constantly. Hey, take a look at this. Have you seen this? Um, so you're constantly learning. We're, our senior guys that have been there 20 plus years are still learning the process. So um, it never stops, never stops learning. But our goal is to get you into a senior, a higher senior grader level as quickly as possible. Okay, great. A couple, because you mentioned, um, you know, if you're in Canada or Florida, you said earlier, we've had a bunch of comments come in right now. Terry says, we need a Canadian office. Jamie says, what are you hiring for in Canada? Let's yeah. let's clarify. Are you are you looking to hire someone to be based out of Florida or Canada? Or are you looking to move them or for them to move down to Dallas? For, for now, it would probably move to Dallas. And, and I would I would not rule out that, that there's could be some expansions, some opportunities later in Canada. Um, there, we, we may get to it later, but we had some real high hopes to do more things in Canada this year and, and around the world this year, um, but it got shut down fairly early um, with, with COVID taking over. Um, so I wouldn't rule anything out, but kind of right now we're looking for, for people to be in our in our house office. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Any, any possibility or has there been any thought at Beckett about opening up an office in Canada? Yeah, there has been. Um, we, we have some pretty good partners up there um, with some of the, the big distributors um, and have worked with those guys for years. Uh, and it, it's, it's been a great relationship, but we recently opened a, a branch uh, for our comic book division up in, in the Oakville area outside of, out of Toronto. And it was doing really, really well until um, the pandemic set in and the borders closed and we really couldn't get up there and train and do anything. So I, I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, I think I think the international market is a huge market right now. Um, and so don't rule out don't rule out Canada, don't rule out uh, the Asian market, don't rule out um, Europe. I think anything's a possibility. So I, I get the job. I'm working in Dallas for you now. Can I still buy and sell uh, BGS graded cards? Yeah, no, that would stop. And that that's a tricky part because ideally we would want someone right now that is, um, on the grading side of of the business, where they are, they're traveling to shows, they're all, they're eBay sellers and things like that. And right now, it's really tough to shut that selling part of the business down. And so, those guys that we would love to plug in quicker are uh, saying, "Man, I'm I'm really doing well." We say on the other side of the table, um, sell it, buying and selling cards on my own. So right now, it's tough to get those people in. Yeah. Okay. So we, 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 do, we just we just we discourage that um, because. 
um, just the perception, oh, this guy's grading the cards low because he's got his cards all good or they're switching the cards or this and that. None of it's true. So that's all we just say. You cannot sell, buy and sell BGS cards. What about PSA cards? If I work for Beckett Grading, can I buy and sell PSA graded cards? It, it, it's a good question. And we've had people ask it before uh, and say, hey, can I sell this? I have this in my collection. We give a little bit of grace at times. Hey, this is a, a, Vlad, a Vladimir Guerrero senior Vladimir Guerrero card that I've had forever. Is, is it okay if I just get rid of this? I'm getting rid of this stuff. We're okay with it. We don't encourage it. We don't, we, we don't want that. We, we love our guys to collect cards. We love our guys to trade cards. Um, and they do a lot of that stuff. It, it's, it's very rare that they ask for that. Uh, but it's kind of a, 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 a case by case scenario, but kind of, kind of frown on, on doing that. Let's just focus on the, on the job that's there. Okay. Understood, man. Okay. So that's kind of the questions that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the graders themselves. The next sort of topic we're going to talk about is grading itself. Yeah. Now, let's, let's start off with here. Here's kind of a tough question. I'm going to throw it right at you though. How often do you guys get it wrong? It's, it's pretty rare. Um, and, and with this, and, and just a little bit of background on grading that those that don't know, it's an opinion-based service. These are these are human beings that are looking at cards, giving an opinion. And you try to do it at, at, a, at a quick pace to get through the, 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 the order, but do it correctly. So these guys are giving their opinion based on how the card looks to them, the research they have. So it's rare that there, there's a mistake. Does it happen? Yeah, it does. And, and we found stuff, especially older stuff, as we were learning um, that we missed. And we do our best to get that stuff off the market to make it right. Uh, but there's sometimes people are going to disagree with our with our grading. They're going to look at that and say, there's there's no way that that's a grade. You guys are crazy. You guys had a horrible night, and that's the reason why it's grading low. Um, and that's just, that's that goes back to the grading. It, it's an opinion-based service. Um, does it happen? Yeah. Will we get it wrong? Yeah. But is it rare? Yeah. It's, it's a rare situation. Okay. Another one, sort of the, of the same challenge level, let's say. Um, I often hear people say, oh, I'm, you know, I got it back. It came back an eight, five or nine. Let's say I'm going to submit it back. I'm going to try and go for the bump. Yeah. What, what's kind of like, first of all, obviously, you know, if it's a resub and it's still in the slab, you know that yeah. they're just looking for that extra dollar value for their card, which is sure. fair if they think there's a shot at it. But what sort of like success rates do resubbers have on getting that bump? Yeah. And what like what's your guys's position on that because you know the question might be well why didn't you get it right the first time and how how are you kind of redoing it can you can you speak to that it, it's great that you said that and it's 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 i hear people all the time but your, your consistency is terrible your consistency is, ter is terrible but people are submitting stuff for for regrading they want us to be wrong so the card bumps up a grade it's like well, what do you want you want us to get it wrong the first time and then bump it up and then you're happy that it got a bump or do you want us to get it right the first time? I'll, I'll say this, what I've seen in the 20 years, um, the, the chances of a card bumping up in grade, an overall grade, probably was is more common with stuff that we graded a long time ago, 10, 20, 20 years ago. In that time when we were still learning, there was a big chase a, a couple of years ago, people were looking for old labels with our subgrades on the back um, because we were brutally tough back in the day. Brutally tough, it was tough to get nine fives, it almost impossible to get tens. So guys, when we're back in, those were kind of chase cards, and they were going back. I'll say now, um, it's a lot more rare to get a bump. You may have a sub bump, bump up a half point. Um, the the centering may go from a nine to a nine five. And again, it goes back to the person's opinion. We have guidelines that are set up there. And if you're looking at a card, and you're measuring a card, or you're looking at a corner and say, you know what, that's 
I see why it's a nine. I see why it says a nine. And they discuss it. So, you know, could this be a nine five and you bump it up? Um, it happens. It's not not nearly as rare. I mean, not nearly as common as it used to be where we would bump some, a lot more stuff. Um, it happens. Um, but I wouldn't I would not put a, uh, a big wager on that happening at a regular basis. If, if that's if that's your goal with, with submitting cards. OK. OK. Thank you for that. Um this is kind of unrelated and the questions are pouring in, but uh, I want to know, you know, at the card shows, you guys offer the raw, the, the raw card review service. It yeah. comes back in a, in, in a, 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 sem, a semi-rigid or a, mon, yeah, a holder uh, with your, with your label at the top, kind of sealing it in there. Are those grades guaranteed when you then, if you then resubmit it for the hard slab service? I, I tell people 99% of the time, that's the grade you're going to get. And we don't guarantee it because if you take that card, you put it in your pocket, you sit on it, and you turn it back in as a nine five and say, "Okay, there it is. It's guaranteed." It's tough to do that, um, so we don't guarantee we don't guarantee it. It is rare for a card to change from that. If you if you take the card, uh, you leave the show, you're taking care of it. There's a really really ninety nine percent chance that's what it's going to get. Can it go up? It could. Could it go down slightly? Possibly. Um, but if 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 you want the to know that you, you could probably stick to that RCR grade. Okay, fair, fair. Um, okay, uh, can you speak a bit to um, computerized grading? I mean, yeah. we, we see a lot of people in the hobby saying, oh, this should just be automatic. There should be no subjectivity. It should be done by computers. Yeah. Um, is that something that Beckett's looking at? Are you, are you, are you sort of uh, researching any new technologies out there for that? Uh, where does it stand? Like, let's hear it from you. Yeah, I, I think it's something that's been talked about for years. What, what, do, do, I, I remember when I was doing customer service and sales, people would say, is a machine doing this or is a, is a person doing it? And it's always a person. It, it's tough to do. I think there's some things that a machine could do. Um, I think it's also tough when you have a, a card that really has no centering, no defined lines there. How does the computer figure that out? And each year there's new designs, there's new models and things like that that would have to be adjusted. You also then go into the the alteration that some of these guys try to try to do. Um, sometimes you got to smell a card. Sometimes you have to fill an edge. Sometimes you have to tilt it and look at it underneath magnification. Can a can a computer or a machine do it? Yeah, probably. But will they miss some stuff? Sure, I, I think it would. Um, it's not going to surprise me if in a couple of years a, a new grading service or one of the existing ones comes out with a machine that helps with that the process. Um, I think it's going to be tough. I think it, it's going to be tough to do. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's something that's going on. We're, we're looking at that. I mean, we, we've looked at it for years, and we're looking at doing some stuff, um, sort of, I guess you say, modernizing the um, the service that's out there. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Okay, fair. And I, I've had a show on that particular subject before, and uh, it's, it's really tough to get your head around how that will, would actually roll out. Um, a question that came up, I'm not going to throw it on the screen, but somebody asked, um, are, are all cards looked at by more than one grader before the final grade is assigned? Yeah, absolutely. It goes to, it goes to a couple of guys that, that take a look at it. Um, it, go, it could go through three or four guys on, on, a, on a big card or a card that's really confusing, but all the cards get looked at by at least one about at least two people. At least okay. two people have to look at the cards and skim through it. It's, it's a thing that we, we want it to be fair. We don't want it to, the guys had an upset stomach or grouchy. Anybody says, oh, this guy was just in a terrible mood and he's, he just hammered more. We don't want to know. Okay, thank you. Um, Terry Fortune wants to know, um, 
you guys in your po- on the online on your population report, you can actually uh, search by uh, serial number, the great the the slab serial number. Yep. He is saying that he's got a few cards that he can't find uh, when he punches in that serial number in the database. Um, is are you guys aware of that? That there's some that aren't in there. What's the story with that? It happens every once in a while. What what I would do is is, is just tell him to email gradientbeckett.com, send the serial number, say hey. Here's the serial number. It's not showing up in the population report or credit card lookup, and it can get updated in 24 hours. It should be an easy fix. He he, go, he does go on to say, and why are those lost numbers now being given to newer cards? Does that is that something? I, I think on? I think years and years ago, uh, when when we first kind of got finally kind of got started up, there are some vintage cards that received modern card grades or, or serial numbers, the same oh. serial numbers. Is and this so like modern, the BVG versus BVG. BVS yeah. thing? And that's usually what I, what I see there is it's it's a early serial number and it, we used to have a, a link on our website that you'd have to push BVG or BGS and there could be some matching serial numbers um, and we can get it fixed. Hopefully that's the case. I haven't heard anything recent where there's there's multiple things. That's a that's a bigger issue if that is is the case. Okay. Okay, Terry. I hope that's uh, somewhat satisfying for you. Thank you for the questions. Here's one, Adam Urschel. He's a, a a super collector of booklet cards. He wants to know why is the BGS case for booklets? Why doesn't it fit the card? Let's just say it that way. Yeah, I, I will. I will. That's a great question. We have we have a magazine holder that that holds magazine magazines, and there's sometimes those booklet cards are so thick they will not go in our smaller cases, and we are forced to put it in that big case. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hate it. I hate, I hate it. I have friends that have cards. They say, hey, put it in that, put it in that big case. I said, I won't do it. It looks awful. And so what we have there um, is to design a case for every size card. There's so many weird cases. Uh, there are weird size cards. And we try to build cases that fit a majority of the cards. It is expensive to build and design a case. You have to order a certain number. You have to build the mold and things like that. So some of these really odd booklet cards, there's not a lot of them out there, and it would be tough for us to get cases for every style card. Adam, I, I if if you have a booklet card in one of those big oversized cases, I'm sorry, I don't like it either. But we put it in there because people do send those in to be graded. Um, it just it looks it does not look right. Any plans to uh, to actually make that investment and and create the the slab that does fit it? More I think I think so. I think anything's on the board there. We've we've got a great team of guys in our, in our development team that are constantly looking at new cases, new slabs, and things like that. And I think as the, as the card manufacturers start getting a little more creative and in changing up design and things like that, you're probably going to have more oddball cards coming out that this needs to be done with. So wouldn't rule it out. It's not a fast process to do. It takes a while to get a new case. It's expensive and and requires a, a, a lot of upfront purchasing on that, but don't roll anything out. Okay, and we're gonna go back to sort of the beginning of the show where we did talk about the letter that you did issue uh, in, in sort of as a follow-up to the change in prices. Um, Joseph P throws it right at, right at you, Jeremy. He says, when are, we, when are we gonna get our cards back? Let's address the elephant in the room. Let's give you the opportunity to answer that one head on. Yep, it, it, it's, it's a fantastic question. It's the reason why we made the move. But well, we, we, we said, we got to stop. We have to stop right now because guys like Joseph that want his cards back, there are vault, vault full of people in the same boat. So that's our goal. That, that's the reason why we did that. And I mentioned in the letter there, if, if 
if this was a short a short term, I, I just keep taking the I keep taking those two and five day orders. They're the higher priced orders. Push those other guys back, and that's fine. But that's not fair to the collector. It's not fair. Um, and I, I've been in this twenty years, and I plan to be in it twenty more years. And I want our business to be uh, trusted, and they know that we're being upfront with them, and we're doing what we can to help the collectors. And this is a move move to do that. I hope it works. Um, the market's so insane right now. That I, but I still hope that there's enough people that say, I'm not going to submit those cards right now to Beckett at two and five day. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Perfect. We can get to Joseph's cards. We can get to the thousands of other customers that are in there waiting to get the stuff back um, because we, it, it's a massive elephant in the room. It's the reason why we have to make tough decisions like this that may, may hurt our business short term. But this is a long-term look that we're going to. So if I understand, what you've done then is you've taken your very popular two and five day service, you've jacked up what well, you I don't know, that's a you've it's, okay. It's, it's okay, you can say that. It's you've, in, you've increased the prices on those to discourage people from using those services. However, saying to them, listen, we still we know it's still important to you, so we'll still offer it, but we'll we're you have to pay the price because you are really kind of getting cutting the line up from everyone who's waiting for their 30-day service cards and they're already waiting so we'll still do it because i know we know that there are cases where you need these cards graded quickly but you're gonna pay so you're doing that to discourage really to leave the 30-day people uh or at least to be able to turn their cards around as quicker than you can and you could have you could have eliminated the two and five day service altogether but that would have alienated people who really need that service is that kind of the what you guys were thinking Exactly. I, I, it's it's a thing right now that if if we can if we can stop some of the cards that are those tweeners. Hey, I I could send this for five day service and pay a hundred dollars a card, but it's really not worth that. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna do it later. So if you have a guy that has a hundred cards that two weeks ago would have sent them all out to a five day, and he and he whittles that down to fifty cards, well, that's fifty cards on the ten thirty day that we can we can get to. And these and, and our guys too. Um, they're trying to get the, the stuff as quick as possible, but they still have to keep the standards up. And so it's taking a little more time. We offer with this, we're trying to even help the guys submit stuff with a non-subgrade service. We can get that stuff in a little bit cheaper for you. It gets turned around a little bit quicker. We can get more cards out and more people are even going to that to get the option back. And so with the, with keeping the two and five day on there, with as hot as the market is right now, um, with Hockey starting to get about to start the playoffs and um, NBA season about to roll into the playoffs. People are going to want these cards done quick and they want to want to get the market. And I said it last night on our on our Beckett Live show. There's sometimes people have to sell these cards to to pay their rent, pay their mortgage, keep food on their table, keep the lights on, and things like that. And that you're you're forced to sell these cards that you may not wanted to a couple of years ago. And those two and five day services are important to those guys. Um, but so are the 10 and 30 day cards that are now triple the time that people expected them to be in there. Right. Joseph goes on to say, and I think uh, he goes on to say, how about just hiring employees to get our cards back? Let's not jump the gun on computer grading. I, I don't think you were jumping the gun on computer grading. Yeah. And I always love when people just tell you to hire people. They, like yes. every, Everyone thinks they know how to fix the yes. problem, right? But that's not as easy as that. You said, you said earlier in the show, Joe must have missed it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made this comment. Yeah. But, you know, you said earlier that, you know, we'd love to have a lineup of people around the corner looking for jobs grading. So, Joe, if you're that into it, go take a job. Come on, with Beckett. Come, on come on. Go take a job with Beckett. Oh, you know? Yes. And, and you may need work. Who knows? Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just kind of previewing some of the questions and people sure. are getting at stuff that we are going to uh, get to. Um, so let me see here. Okay, we talked about everything that I had in my category of grading itself. Um, let's get into a few particular questions. And I think this will answer a lot that some of the other people have been posting up in the comments. And I just, guys, if you're watching, I apologize. I, I haven't seen all the comments that have come in yet. So uh, I may uh, get ahead of you or be behind you, but we'll see how it goes. I want to understand, Jeremy, um, you know, the final grade is not simply the sum of the four uh, subgrades divided by four and rounded up or down. Yeah. Um, it's it, there, it's a little bit different. And a common uh, understanding out there, including my own, is that, you know, the final grade cannot be more than half a point higher than the lowest subgrade. Is that true? Yeah, so th this, and you mentioned Dr. Beckett earlier, Dr. Beckett is a, a statistician, uh, came up with this plan with, I think, uh, Grant Sandground from Upper Deck was involved with that. And some other guys sat down and, sat and, and created this back in 1998, 99 when grading started. So the subgrade is not an average. There are times that it will come out as an average and you'll have some cards that have that and then some that don't. And you're like, well, they obviously messed up. They messed up doing this. So how, how it's determined is out of the four categories, whichever receives the lowest grade carries the most weight. If your lowest grade is in corners or centering, then the highest the overall grade can go up is a half point. So you do not want your lowest grade in corners or centering. And the reason that was set up is because those are the biggest eyesores on a card. If your centering is way off or you've got a chipped corner or something, that, that's really what a collector looks at first, how this was set up. Well, if you have two, two subgrades that are the lowest, you have, you have two tens and two eights, that card's going to stay an eight. There's two obvious flaws on that card. It's going to stay there. So the example that I've always given is if, if you did a straight average and you have three tens and a six, so you're all, that's 36. So you're, you're, the card is not a, a nine card. Like it's not going to be there. That's not right. So that's the reason why it can't be a straight average. So that's, I hope that explains um, the so reason why that was set up like that. What would that one be? Let's say you got four nines and a six. Is that going to be a seven, a seven? seven. Yeah, it, it, it would also depend on what the category is. If it was a six in a corner, it's going to be a six and a half. If it's a six in surface, it could go up to a seven. It can only go up a full point from that low grade. Oh, so what, that's yeah, the so maximum. That's it. That's the max. So um, that low that low grade is the is the big one. Is the big one that you want to avoid. You want to avoid that that low number. Okay, thank you. My yeah. next question is: um, How closely do you work with grading? Uh, sorry, with with the card companies in terms yeah. of like like how do you know what the centering is supposed to be? Um, do they ever consult you even before the cards hit the market? Like how does, what sort of uh, relationship do you guys have with Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf and so forth? We have a great, uh, a great relationship with those guys. Uh, kind of each one, Panini is, is in our backyard, Leaf as well. Um, have employees that, that used to work at Beckett and that used to work at Panini and vice versa. And we talk to those guys on a regular basis. Um, sometimes about cards, sometimes about other aspects of the business. Um, same thing with Tops, uh, Tops and, and Leaf and, and the guys um, at Upper Deck. If, if we have a question, uh, a concern, then we reach out to them. Hey, how does this look? Is this is this supposed to look like this? Is this a patch that that looks right? Is, is this the product that you put in there? There's a lot of communication between us. I don't know how it is with the other bidding services, but on my side of it, um, I have pretty easy access to reach out to, to the guys there that I need to talk to. 
And the same with me. If they've got questions um, that they need to ask, hey, how are you guys grading these cards? What does this look like? We've, we've reviewed cards. Hey, these cards, we just made these cards. What's the centering going to be on these? What's the surface going to grade on these? And I think it helps. And I think it's I think it's pretty classy and a good move by these companies to reach out because grading is such a big deal in the industry. And they don't want to put a product out there that they're going to, to make their customers mad. If they're spending hundreds of dollars of boxes on these boxes at times and they're they're getting cards with that are going to grade eights, seven and a half and eights, that's not fair. That's not fair to those guys. Yeah, they don't like that for sure. Let, you know, you touched on patches there. So let's jump into that topic for a few seconds here, a few yeah. minutes maybe. Um, I've seen I've seen cards that have been in Beckett slabs yep. that I know the patch isn't the original patch. What is Beckett Grading Services' position on on authenticating the originality of a patch? Um, and you know, how do you guys approach this, knowing that it's a problem in the hobby? What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that? We, we love to find the ones that are so obvious that we can pick them apart quickly. There's no way that that's there. That that looks like you can see the card's been pulled apart. But yeah, those are great. Those are it's the ones. That, it's the ones that are really good. Um, that that's tough to do. Um, that we say, I, I don't know, this patch is, is numbered out of five and it's got a, a great logo on it. That looks right. Sometimes when we reach out to the, the manufacturers and say, does that look right? And they're like, I mean, that would have been the product that we used for that piece. And so we have to go with it. We can't just assume that the patch is bad because it's beautiful and it's perfectly centered and it's a piece of the logo or anything like that. We have to use our best judgment there. And so we kind of have a, a in our FAQ, we, we say, we, we don't authenticate memorabilia. We're going to do our best to, to identify a patch if it's good or bad. Um, and we've done so in, in the last year. We've made some changes internally um, to kind of watch that. We're taking more pictures of some of these big pieces. We're keeping track of some of the more serial numbered items out there. That if a card comes in and it's number three of this and say, man, we saw that recently, that's not the same patch. And we'll kick that stuff. Um, for years and years, that we've, we've talked about the ideal thing would be the manufacturers take a picture of every patch and every memorabilia piece they put on there and they have it there for public record or for view. Um, that's a pretty daunting, a daunting task because you, you then have to go into autographs, take pictures of every autograph to see if an autograph has been wiped down or things like that. I don't think it just stops at patches. Um, so yeah, there's, it, 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 it stinks when you, when you see a card up for an auction, that's the wrong patch and it's, it's um, labeled as patch is not correct on that. It's not what we want and we do our best to catch all of that. And, um, but there's, there's going to be, there's going to be ones that we missed that we just don't know. The manufacturers can't be for sure if that's the exact patch on some of these things that you get in there. If so you, it's a first one. if you see one that you think, wow, that's a really nice patch that might be too good to be true. Will you reach out to the manufacturer and say, what do you think of this one? We do. We do. And, and that, that's, what's great to have that relationship is we've got somebody shoot them a picture of it or ask them, Hey, did you use this for this product? Send us a picture of it. Let me take a look at it. No, that's not right. Yeah, that 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 looks good. That's good. Um, and it's usually we, we try to do it as quick, quick as possible. Do do they know a hundred percent of the time when you ask them those questions if the patch if they used it or they didn't or like like you know what I mean? Do they have that information uh, ready to go? I, I don't know. I don't know how well they know that. I don't know what kind of records that they keep. Um, but they they're pretty good. It's pretty crazy how they know. Hey, we yeah we actually use that that piece of logo on that product, that should be good to go um, and okay. go with that. But I think it, it's, it's kind of with them. They're, they're trying to get products out as quick as possible. They're trying to make it look look as nice as possible. Unfortunately, 
Um, there are, are shady people in this industry that like to deceive other people. And what I, what I would say with that, uh, and, a, and a good tip of the trade is, is if you've got a card that's serial, a high serial number card, 99, 199, something like that, and you get an amazing patch in that thing. That is just, it looks too good to be true. Be careful, be careful on it. Um, ask around, just protect yourself on that because usually what we see, those premium pieces are used on those low serial number cards to kind of eliminate that that to go in the, the product. Okay, man, thanks. So uh, Rome Rant has a question, which is something that I plan to ask you anyway. Uh, so, you know, sheet cut cards, and I think it's important to state, just so everybody understands, all cards are cut from sheets. What we, when we say sheet cut cards, we really mean cards that were cut from that sheet well after they were uh, manufactured and, and distributed in, in packs with gum. Uh, these are cards that were that were cut by somebody other than the the manufacturer usually we're talking about tops and opichi for yep. you know for lack of for just to, to be clear there what uh so obviously you guys do that you guys yep. have, have have slabbed uh sheet cut cards can you explain to us sort of the the history on that and um and sort of where, where what the what the position is yeah this is a, this is a topic that is still uh hotly debated in the office um if it was my choice and several of the other guys there Back when we started graded in 99, 2000, we should have labeled these cards sheet cut cards. When it was a card that you knew was cut from a sheet, the, the edges were just blazing sharp, the perf perfect. Um, it should have been graded the way that we do now or how it was then, but labeled sheet cut card. It, it wasn't. Um, and it was one of the things, hindsight's 2020. If we could go back and do that, we, we probably would do that. Um, and we, we talked about that doing it now. Should we do it now? And I was like, well, you don't really get a lot of them anymore. There was a, a time there 10, 15 years ago that you would get a lot of them. And it's not that way anymore. So we, we decided early on to grade them. If the card measures up, if the edges are straight, they're not wavy. Um, and we say measures up, and I don't want it to be saying that it's just short. We had guys for a while try to overcut cards. So you couldn't say the card was short. It was too big. And so you would have cards come in there that, that just looked huge. And it's like, this is this is not accurate. This is not how the card's supposed to look. So when we say the card has to measure up, um, it's it's has to be exactly the, the size two and a half by three and a half, three and three quarters size card, not bigger or, or smaller. So we, we do grade them. Um, and it, it's it's one of the things that some people hate about us. Some people love it. I've, I've had people come up and say, I know this thing is, I know this Gretzky is a sheet cut card. I know it, but I love the way it looks. I've always wanted this card. I like that cut rather than the old tops cut where it was looked by a pair of scissors, um, just rough and, and things like that. So that's that's kind of our stance on that. I think if we had a, had a do-over, we would label it sheet cut. But at this point, we're, we're 20 years in and moving on. Okay. I appreciate that, Rome. Yeah. I hope that answers uh, your question. Uh, an anonymous Facebook user wants to know, does BGS keep track of attempts to, to resub a card? We don't. Uh, yeah, we don't. Uh, we, we never have done that uh, unless it's a, it's a big card, a unique card that we'll go in there and, and re-enter it. If there's a card that was entered a while ago that we've looked at a while ago, we may we may run into that card just so we know what we've seen. Because guys will take those cards and crack those out. And if we see uh, a LeBron James 1 out of 23 come back in, it's good to know that we've seen it. Um, but it's, it's tough with um, all the upper deck Kim Griffey Jr. rookies that are out there to keep track of all that. So we do not keep track of each one or how many times we've looked at it. 
Okay. I'll tell you this though, back in the in the in the days, uh, probably 10 or 15 years ago, when reviews were rampant, just over and over, especially at shows, we would have guys show up to show every weekend with the same batch of cards. And the graders are so good that they would look at the front of the card and say, this has this on the back of it and flip it over. And there it was. They could remember the card week to week, show to show, month to month and say, here's that card again that's got this and this and this. It's crazy how it is. So we don't keep um, track of every card, but our, our graders in their steel trap minds can can know kind of what they've looked at time for time. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from uh, Duncachino, and he basically wants to know, uh, you know, PSA doesn't grade the autograph on the card like Beckett does. Do you see that affecting the supply or, or the, the demand really of, of cards that are slabbed by PSA in the market? And I, I guess really the question yeah. started, how, how much does that differentiate you guys uh, from the competition? Well, we created that service. We were getting a lot of feedback because if an autograph was bad, we were taking off from the surface grade. So we said, okay, let's pull it apart. Let's grade the autograph. And so you can have a beautiful card that say it grades a 9.5 or a 10, but the autograph is smeared and it looks awful. Well, vice versa, you may have a guy that has a beautiful autograph on the card and the card is garbage and people collect one way or the other. So it just depends on what side of the fence you're on, which way you like it and which way you don't. So with the with the, with the competition, their, their benefit of that is if it's a nine, an eight or a nine autograph, there's a good chance they send it to some other place, especially on a new card. That, that, that nine and eight or nine autograph just will not help the resale value that. It doesn't look good on the card. Um, so that's, the, that's the benefit of not doing the autograph grade from what we can hear from our feedback from, from our customers. Okay. Um, Jamie wants to know, have you guys had to apply limits on people submitting a certain amount of cards per week? Have you ever done that? Yeah, we have. There, there's some, there's some guys that we have to say, Hey, you, you get to slow down, and especially a lot of local guys that say, Hey, you have easy access to it. So this was before that we shut our building down. You've got easy access to it so that you can get to us drop stuff up and pick it up. We're going to, we're going to limit you because we've got to get this cut up. And, and we are really lucky to have a great set of customers that kind of understand some of these crazy plans and thoughts that we come up with. And they understand you say, hang tight, give us a month instead of submitting that. But you'll have guys that you, you, you really couldn't stop them. If I said, Jeremy, don't send a thousand cards. Okay. I won't send a thousand. Jeremy sends an order and Jerome sends an order in. It's the same thing, and you process it in separate things, and the thousand cards get there. So yeah, we you could you could stop it, but eventually, if they want those cards graded, they're going to get it in there somewhere. Or okay. Um, the next question uh, it comes from an anonymous Facebook user, Carlos. If that's you, go press that big blue button already, buddy. I don't know how many times I have to ask you to do it. Uh, that's on Streamyard.com. I'm going to put that up again for anyone who's new. Um, if you haven't yet, please go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. You'll see it on the ticker right now. Click the big blue button. You only have to do it once. That will uh, that will really entice me to get your questions, uh, bring them into play uh, quicker and more regularly. So please go ahead and do that. Streamyard.com slash Facebook. Click that big blue button. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> With the shortage of semi-rigids on the market right now, can top loaders or one-touches be used to submit cards? Yeah. Anything that you feel comfortable sending the card in, do it. Send, send it in like that. We, we prefer semi-rigids. We think that they're most secure when you're sending cards to the mail. The cards don't slide around. It's probably much cheaper to send that than a bunch of one-touches that are pretty expensive. And heavy. Um, so, yeah, and heavy. So, any way you feel comfortable, we tell, we tell guys to um, – 
If you feel comfortable sending it in the mail, that's fine. You can send it in the holders. Just put it in a holder. And it, it's crazy sometimes we get orders that cards are just put in a box. It's like, come on, man. If you're spending the money, right, at least at least put them in some type, some type of holder. Yeah, for sure. Okay, a couple of nice comments here. Adam wants to just say thank you for the great response. That was to the the, the slab size of the booklets. And Reppin' Rajon Rondo says, we appreciate you asking and answering the tough questions. So I think we should really appreciate you you being here and being sure. willing. You know, we know that, you know, I know, you know, Jeremy, and the viewers all know that you guys get a lot of, uh, I don't know what to call it, but negative sort of uh, sure. comments and, and feedback and, uh, you know, and hate for that matter. Let's not yeah. beat around the bush, right? You for get sure. a lot of that. And I think when you... It's one of the reasons I love bringing people on the show who work for card companies, grading companies, people who work in the industry, because, you know, every, when, we, when we don't know you, it's much easier to, to sling mud. But when you know sure. somebody and you give them a chance to explain the situation, you can maybe be sort of calmed down a little bit. And yep. so I think it's a good opportunity. And I hope that that's the case. And I hope that, you know, you've mentioned that you guys, it does you no good to have our cards in your vault. You want to turn them around. You're going to make more money that way. You're going to provide the service you're intending to provide. So I think that's important. Um, okay, I, so this is I'm, number one. Let me jump in there just real quick. And, and I'm a, I'm a guy here that I've said it all along. I'm I am out there, and and the guys before that have known me for a long time. I did trade shows for years, and I was out there and, and talking to the customers. And yeah, you get some mad ones, and you and you've built relationship with these guys. And I'm one in the industry that if if you'll listen to me, I'll talk to you. I'll tell you as much as I can. I can be transparent with this because we don't have anything to hide. We're trying to do this as a service um, and help everybody out, which is why I love doing shows like this. I love to talk about this and take some some hard-hitting questions that maybe make you cringe and make you uneasy at times. But if I can address it, I'll, I'll be happy to. Okay. I love Joseph with his, again, someone who's got all the answers, right? He says, I run my own business. If you can't do the job, then find someone who does. Yeah. Okay, Joe, thanks for the comment. Sure, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, anonymous Facebook user, maybe Carlos says, if I take the non-subgrade service, if I want the subgrades later, how much do you charge to add the subgrades? It, it, it's, a, it's a complete regrade. And, yeah. and the reason we do that is because we just don't know how the card's been handled um, throughout the thing. You drop it, you're taking it to shows and things like that. It's got to be regraded um, completely. But same thing with raw card review service. We went back to that earlier. And um, if you submit it for that, it's two different services. Um, so just take that into account when you're when you're submitting your stuff. Okay, awesome. So, um, you know, more, lots lots of questions, lots of questions. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris says sometimes adding more people to get a large task done just makes it take way longer. And plus, you can't just hire them and throw them at the wolves. You've got to Correct. train them, and that takes time. And as you said, you're working on it. So yeah, yeah, okay, that that makes. And, and, and I think with, with, uh, to go along with what Christopher is you protect your brand you could you could hire people off the street tomorrow people are looking for jobs you bring them in and say start grading cards and it's going to destroy your brand you're yeah, going to have yeah. damages you're going to have stuff like that it's not worth it. it it is it's okay to take a couple of lumps along the way to get the right people in place to get the right training because like i said this is a long term for us if you're a collector if you want this for your your kids your grandkids and things like that you don't want some um idiot grading your cards that doesn't know what they're doing it's not going to benefit you at all no not at all not at all i'm just going to throw this one up there label them sheet cut please so yeah. there's a there's a plea from somebody to maybe think about rethink about it at the office you know instead of you know you said earlier you know it's kind of what we've done we're kind of going to stick with yeah. it but 
you know, maybe you don't have to. Maybe you could switch it. Maybe, maybe you can make the change. But I'll leave that to you. You guys have a lot of just a lot of, I'm sure, yeah. experience and discussion. And you you will consider factors that us, myself, and the audience just can't really consider because we're just uh, that 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 comment may have come from someone inside of our building. Don't rule that out. It says uh, it just says user. So it wouldn't surprise me if one of our guys said, "Let's do it. Let's do it." So okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, Terry wants to know what percentage of vintage cards are rejected due to alteration. Um, I, I don't, I don't have that number. I don't. I will say we we, we get vintage cards. We we get a good amount of vintage cards, but but it's not a, not a surprise. PSA and, and SGC are, are known for their vintage market. They were there before us. That's what they do. So we we get a good amount of vintage cards. How many are are, are um, Altered or things like that. It's a small number. It, it's it's not a ridiculous number that that would raise a red flag for us or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have an exact number on that percentage. Okay. okay, not a big number though. There's an anonymous Facebook user that that asks a question that I would love to to bring on. Um, he starts off by saying, "I've pulled some sick patches, and uh, Beckett has said they were fake." How do you determine that? I mean, we talked about patches yeah. before in your ability, so. Um, you know, have you, do you, and I'm, I'm going to ask the question, I'm just looking for a really a short answer on this, Jeremy, but do you guys sometimes um, to protect yourself because you're just not comfortable putting your name on it? Are you saying it's fake or are you saying we're not willing to render an opinion? We're not really, we're not going to do the opinion. We, do, we don't know. And we have to be hundred percent sure before we put that in our case, we don't. So if the person like that has I absolutely got it from a pack. I, I got it from a break. I've got the video. Send it to us. Contact us. And maybe we reach out to, to um, one of the manufacturers and say, hey, does this look right? Here's some evidence for that. Um, and we could change our minds on that if we get some evidence on that. Do you think, is there, like, is it important to Beckett that if you just don't know that you would say we're not willing to render an opinion? Because to me, that's a lot different than saying it's not authentic. Yeah. If you're just, you're just saying we're not willing to render an opinion, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. If I'm submitting, I'd be disappointed for sure, especially if I pulled that card. Sure. But hey, this is this is a, an epidemic in the pro, in the in the hobby. Yep. And until the card companies can can archive images of these important patch cards, I think you guys are left without the option. Um, yep. Any thoughts on that further, or yeah. is that it? Absolutely, it's the same thing with Beckett authentication. If you look at an autograph and you're not sure one way or the other, then send it back. We don't, we don't know. Here's your money back. We don't know. We're not going to, we're not going to upset you by saying it's fake, or we're not going to put it in our case because we're not hundred percent sure. So it, it definitely happens. Okay. Another good question from Jamie. He wants to know, do you take into consideration factory issues with a card, i.e. Mahomes prism with the dimple or Simmons optic being terribly off center? Yeah. Uh, how do you guys treat those types of issues? Strangely enough, one of our, our, our good customers texted me at night and said, Hey, can you, can you see, if this imperfection is on every card. So I said to the graders, do you know about this? No, I haven't seen that. There are some cards that have a majority of cards may have a flaw in it, but what do you do when the one that doesn't? So if you take into account that the Mahomes has a dimple, does everyone have a dimple? And if you say, okay, most of them do, well, what do you give that card if it's a 10 and you, with a dimple and the one that comes in without a dimple, what do you do with it? How do you give that grade? So if we don't know that every card has a flaw, we have to mark off for. Um, it's just unfair for the ones that, that are perfect. But there are some out there that we know every one of them has this line on it. Everyone has this print dot on it, and then that does not take off for the card. 
Yeah, and I don't know that I agree. And I mean, I don't want to get into this discussion, but to me, if the card comes out of the pack or off the factory line with an imperfection, then none of them should get the 10, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because the imperfection is there. But okay, let, let's move along here. Um, uh, German, German 10 pin says add photos and serial numbers to the Beckett label and database helps prevent alterations. I mean, adding a, a, a Add, adding a photo, I can see how that's just a, non, a, a non-starter. But the serial numbers, I know that that customers can pay an extra fee to get sort of customized serial yeah. descriptions. Um, would you guys ever consider adding the serial number? And maybe maybe you'd have to charge an extra dollar a card or something yeah. like that, but to add the serial number to every card that ha- that is serial numbered. Yeah, it, it's something we could do on that. Again, it goes back to sort of manpower and trying to get the stuff through quicker. It's, if it's a unique card, 23 out of 23 or a jersey number, we put that on automatically. Uh, but we do keep a database. We've just started that in the past year when cards are coming in so we can help alterations. If you have number seven of 23 come in there and it comes in again a, a month later and says, we've seen that one. It was marked altered the first time. We need to take a closer look at this one. So um, the, the photo thing's an interesting one. We've, we've had people reach out and say, would you take a picture of every card you grade? You could. That's going to be a pretty time-consuming process, which then slows down getting your cards back. And it's, it's, it, it, you can do one, one or the other there. And then, again, to pay, to pay somebody to take all your cards, do you want to pay a couple of dollars a card to slow it down and get your cards back and pay more? No. Well, it, it's, it's tough to do. Fair. Okay, man. Thank you. Um, Regular uh, loyal viewer, Legion Italia says, what was the decision made on the, now if you know the answer, because this is very specific, what was the decision made on the 2019 Topps Chrome high number rookies regarding the small size of all the cards? Have they all been rejected min size or have some, has some consideration been made for them? Do you know, can you speak to this? So if it's the cards, I think I'm not a card guy. I don't grade. I don't, I don't identify cards. If, If it's the cards that came out last year around the national um, we had Susan, who was at Tops at the time, came over to our booth and said, hey, just a heads up, these cards are all short. They were miscut. And it sucks because it was some of the bigger cards in the set and they were short. So that kind of goes back to our relationship with the with the manufacturers, that if they know that information, they pass that on to us. Um, and we get samples of these cards. We get if there's a if there's something like that, we look at it. So if somebody tries to trim a card down and make it look a little better, say, oh, all these cards are trimmed. No. They're not because this edge is wrong. Um, so I think if that's the same card that we're there, we're aware of it, and it does not. We don't kick those cards if it if it reaches up to what uh, Tops has told us about those. Okay, man. Okay, I hope that answers your question, Legion. Uh, Troy wants to say thanks so much for asking that direct question. That's what you get on Sports Cards Live, guys. That's yep. what you get here, right? And we get guests who are willing to speak to the audience. So. Again, thank you. Uh, Vic, I see that you're saying that's you as an anonymous Facebook user. I don't know if you've tried to go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and click the big blue button. If you haven't, please do. Um, and then the same guy probably says, please come back again and bring Charles uh, Stabile. Oh. I mean, Charlie's a great dude. I One of the first guys, I've known him for going on probably eight or nine years now. And he uh, he basically works in sales. He sets up at the yeah. shows. He comes up to Toronto to the expo uh, in Canada twice yeah. a year and sets up. So he's a popular guy. Um, he's someone I wouldn't mind getting on just to have a chat because he's someone that I go way back. We've, we've dined together several times, a great guy. So I'd love if, to have if, if Charles had Facebook, I would say, was that Charles that wrote that comment about himself? He doesn't have Facebook. So it's probably, uh, him. It's probably him. He got an account tonight. 
Too funny, too funny. Okay, we've got a few other guys. I see you guys saying your names uh, that are that are anonymous. I appreciate that. If you've, I'm gonna put it on the ticker again, everybody. Just uh, you know, if you go to there, it is right, right there. Coming streamyard.com/slash/facebook. That big blue button. Please do. If it's not working for you, I apologize, and uh, I'll try to still uh, include your comments as best I can. And I thank everybody. I want to thank everybody, first of all, for joining tonight. Thanks again, Jeremy and Beckett, for bringing your viewers to Sports Cards Live. If it's your first time watching, uh, thank you for joining. And if you you would consider it, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on Facebook, you're going to be about 10 seconds behind the YouTube feed. So I always recommend that people uh, uh, join on the Facebook, uh, sorry, on the YouTube uh, channel. Uh, Legion says those were the ones. So he thanks you for answering that. Uh, That was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Terry has a question. Uh, the black dot, are you familiar with this? There's a uh, Patrick Waugh, Opeachy rookies. There's this black dot that appears sometimes um, on the border. I've seen it go both ways. I think I, I personally, my personal opinion, because I've seen so many without it, is that it's not a fake. Do you know the answer to that? I don't. I'm sorry. No, I can't, no worries. I can't address that one. I, I don't expect you to, but if you could have, that yeah. would have been, that would have been great. Troy says we're slow already. Take the photo. Sure. <laughs> It'd be slower, Troy. But trust me, it would be slower. Yeah. And more yeah. expensive. I'm sure you were. Charles on LinkedIn. Okay. I don't know what that means because we're not streaming to LinkedIn. Um, okay. Um, here's a question from Tim Jeremy. He says, I know every situation is unique, but do you find when people seek to cross over from another company to Beckett, do you find that you're matching their grade or are you going up or down? I guess the question is, do you find you're a tougher grader? than the two main competitors. I'll say them out loud, PSA and, B, and uh, SGC. Yeah. Uh, I, when, when I was reading the question, there's some grading companies that um, I, I've never seen a grade lower than 10. And those companies, I, those, it's very rare to get those crossed over. That's not those, PSA or SGC. Those are not, those are not PSA and SGC. Um, so with, with the two, with the two uh, other companies, PSA and SGC, um, there's times that they cross over. But it, it's, a, it's a difference there because with the, with the, the companies, is we have to justify, especially with subgrades, why the card can cross over. So a PSA 10 can be a BGS 9, 9.5 or a 10. They kind of use a paintbrush where they can, can take two of our, our grades and sort of cover them up in, into one. SGC, the same thing. That, that There's really no justification on if it jumps up or down. So do we want them out of another company's case? In our case, absolutely. But it's got it's to kind of reach our standards there. Um, so it's not uncommon. It's not common that they cross over. It just depends on what the minimum grade you're looking for. If you're sitting at PSA 9 looking for a BGS land, pretty good chance it crosses over. Our standards are pretty close there. If you're sitting in a um, a PSA 9 looking for a BGS 10 or a 9.5, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to do that. Um, so it really comes down to what you're looking for, what kind of cards you have there, um, and what you're submitting of what you're looking for. If it's realistic in the in the range, good chance it crosses over. The two services are are fairly close when it comes to grading. But when you get in those higher nine, five and tens, it's a little bit tougher. A, a big thing now is, um, and this is another tip that I told a customer the other day, is if you're if you're sending in a PSA 10 and you want to cross to a BGS 10, our graders are going to be extra, extra cautious on that. Um, if a card comes in, because once we crack it out of that PSA case, we can't put it back in there. No. And if we get out there and say, you know what, this is a nine, five, like, what do we do? then we're in trouble. So those guys that send in PSA 10s hoping for a BGS 10, the percentage is low because our guys have to be 100% confident before they crack that thing out of there and do that. 
So if you're looking for that, if you're looking to cross that over, just keep that in mind. And I know that you've got to go in there and say, it's not worth cracking a, a PSA 10 to go into a BGS 9.5, but just know it's also tough to cross 10 to 10. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, here's one I feel Beckett is tougher than PSA or SGC. That's from Vic Hockey. Thank you, Vic. Uh, Tim wants to thank you for answering the question. I appreciate Tim being gracious and thanking yeah. for the question. I think that's awesome. Uh, Jamie says, thanks for all your help, Jeremy and Jeremy. Great show. Thank you, Jamie, for tuning in. Uh, I miss you, buddy. I see you all the time. He, he's local where I am, so I usually I, I know this guy's a buddy of mine. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this next one, Jeremy. But uh, if you could just, uh, just for Terry's benefit, can you explain more how crossover works? Do you take the card out of the holder, crack it open, then grade it? Is the fee the same as normal? Really, go quick on this one, though. Yeah, we, we can't crack it out of there because um, we can't put it back in another company's case. So the guys have the ability to look at it through a case, a PSA case, SGC case, whatever case it is, um, and they'll see if it crosses over. You put a minimum grade on there, say, hey, I've got an SGC 9, will it cross over to BGS 9? We can look at it. If we think it will, we'll cross it over. If it doesn't, we put a note on the SGC case and say, here's the reason why it does not cross over and send it back to you in your case. Thank you, man. Okay. Um, the next question is a, is a good one from Simon. But before we get there, I just want to let the viewers know, guys, I do have... And, and this is more just to get you to, you know, stick around because I'm going to be asking Jeremy a couple of the, the what I will call the most challenging questions of the night. They're going to come up shortly. We're going to get to them. In the meantime, uh, Simon's question says, do you get a different level of grader grading your cards based on the price of the submission you have chosen? No, it is a random draw. There is a, a cart that the graders work out of daily and everyone grabs out of the same car. You could get cards that are worth a dollar a piece, or you could get the $100,000 cards. It, it doesn't matter. Same graders are doing it, same review service, um, absolutely same graders. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, and Simon, thank you for the question. Okay, Jeremy, my this one is my question. I'm really yeah. curious, because I want to gauge the size of the, the different sports in the market. So yeah. uh, you know, in, in planning for this, I asked you to see if you could uh, gather this data. I, I'm, I'm a, it looks like by where your eyes are going that you did it. So yeah. I want to know, of all your submissions for whatever time period you gather data from, what percent is baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and non-sport? Really interested so, in this. So we, we keep track of a lot of stuff. And so when, when you asked for this, I said, no, this is going to be pretty interesting because I had a gut feeling how it would be. And when I got these numbers today, I actually walked around the greater room and I said, guess what the numbers are on these things? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll just do the four major, major ones. In 2019, I'm going to round up. 37% were baseball cards. 20% were basketball. 20? 20? 20%. Yeah. So you had 37, 20, 20. And for hockey, it was 6%. I know that's going to hurt the hockey fans there. So that's where we were. Baseball, football. basketball, football, and hockey. What about so, and that's 40, 70, that's 83. And so you, you, they have a, 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 a list of stuff. Um, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, golf, wrestling, Dragon Ball Z, MMA, gaming. Bowling's on there. I'm going to tell every bowling player that it, every guy, it's zero and zero. We do not get many bowling. <laughs> if you're a bowling fan, I'm sorry. So, so the, the rest is split between gaming and the lesser sports. Lesser right? stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the other other main one is is golf. There's a there's a, a higher, but the non-sport, um, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. That's a huge, huge community there, and that's grown substantially. If it's broken down to so many different things, but 
on the on the four major ones, baseball at 36% last year, it's at 22% this year. And it's the way that I yeah. that I that I kind of felt that. And and you kind to for us in the in the office, when baseball got delayed, it sort of kind of took the air out of everything, especially minor league baseball. A lot of our guys go out to the minor league fields here and get autographs. And a lot of true baseball guys were just sort of not real happy with baseball. And you can kind of feel that in the industry where it's coming back. Well, where it came, where, where it switched is basketball. And that's what you could see. A massive growth of basketball at 40% now. It doubled. Bas- baseball took a cut in half. Basketball doubled. And that's the thing that we're seeing is that, and we talked about it before, is the international market is a huge driver for this basketball market. And you have players out there that right now that are international superstars that are driving this industry. So it went from 20% of the cards in 2019 to close to 40% through the year today. So if I'm keeping track, and I am, I'm just taking some quick yeah. notes here. So so baseball went from 37 to 20. 22, went to 22. To 22. Basketball yep. went from 20 to, you said doubled to 40? 40. And what did football do? Football went from- Almost pretty flat. It was- uh, it was 19.61 in 19 and 20.31 this year. So that's pretty flat. 20 is 20. 20. And what yep. about hockey? Hockey went from six in, in 2019 to what? Up to, up to eight. It's up to eight so far. It's gone up to 8%. It's gone up, yeah. Can you tell me the golf numbers? Uh, golf is uh, at, if I'm golf, golf in 19 was at 1.21% and we're at 2.20%. So not much. It almost doubled, though. And then the last thing I'm really curious about, because I understand that we're still missing about 15%. Can you just give me the numbers for uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic? It is. I'll, I'll add those those three together here. Uh, in 19, it was about 15%. Uh, and in 20, it's pretty flat. Uh, it's a 14, 14%, 15%, and 14%. A lot of the, ma- a lot of the Magic... Um, Kind of hit the, hit our grading room a couple of years ago. A lot of these guys were going and finding the early magic cards and getting those things graded. So um, all those together, Pokemon is is picked up a little bit of steam. It was at one point two one percent last year. It's two point seven eight this year. The more Pokemon's coming in, and Magic's taking a little bit of that. Okay. That's the breakdown there. I, I I knew that the the basketball market was it exploded. Um, but everybody knows that. Was, was everybody knows that right now. Our, our, our graders walked around and said, "Hey." Is that public knowledge? Can I can I can I take a copy of that? I was like, yeah, here, take it. And, and well, it's it's super interesting to the whole yeah. hobby because it find you know I people always ask me because I go to the national and they always say, is there any hockey there? Because you know I'm in Canada, I'm a hockey guy, but I like all the sports. Sure. And I always say, you know, there's more there than you think. Yeah. But I would I've always estimated it at around the the three to five percent. And I yeah. think these numbers that you've shared. Are reflective of the overall hobby to an extent. Yeah. They are at least guidance to, to what the overall hobby is. So I'm just glad that you were willing to share this. I thank yeah. you for that. And that was I, great. That's good. Good information. It's really, really good information for the hobby to, to have overall. I like uh, David Weir says hockey 0.1 percent. Uh, well, it, you know, and then we got a six. It's six percent. Wow, low, but we're up to eight percent in 2020, and I think that's that's interesting and, and, and really and- good to know. And Jeremy, take this into account that this, this year we haven't been able to go to Canada. Um, we right. usually at this time we do at least the Toronto Spring Show, um, and sometimes we do the Edmonton Show, and we get a lot of hockey business up there. And a lot of our our customers that 
um, are in Canada have, have had trouble getting this stuff to us. Um, so I think that that's one thing and that is, is impacted the hockey market. And I'll tell you this, when I started um, 20 so odd years ago, hockey was, was one of the smallest things to do. It's still not the, the biggest one there, but, and it was a small number. It was, it was vintage stuff. And then the Crosby's and the McDavid's and, and the young gun stuff started rolled in there and it exploded. Like it was incredible. Toronto, that, that Toronto Expo is one of the favorite, my favorite shows I go to. It's that old school feel. It's packed. It's passionate people there. Um, and it, it's, it is hockey, hockey heavy. So it's, uh, it's there. And, but I think, I think that's what's impacted some of the hockey numbers um, this year. Well, let, let me make, let me make a, a plea to you here. And, you know, and I know I'm speaking on behalf of every person in Canada who collects cards. And I know you have challenges to do this, but please find a way to get your slabbing machine to Toronto, to Edmonton for the summit show, Toronto for the expo. If you have to park it in Canada somewhere, you got to invest money and leave one up here. I'm sure uh, Steve Menzi from the expo will work with you or the guys from Universal or Grosner. Somebody will work with you. I'm making a plea, a passionate plea on behalf of all of us. You know, it's one thing to submit them and then we have to wait to get them back. You know, people want those slabbering machines up in up at the shows in Canada at the summit in Edmonton and the and the expo in Toronto. And I know maybe you can't do it obviously this year, maybe not by the spring, but it, but try, try for us, please. I don't know what else I can say to convince you. All those guys that you mentioned, all those companies you mentioned are on your side. They, they want the same thing. And it is unfortunate that this hit this year because I really had a good feeling that it was a year that we possibly could have offered something up there. So that next was, year, I'll be patient and wait for next year. I'm not quoting that here because it's going to be recorded and, and out there forever, but we want to get to Canada. We do want to get to Canada and slab there. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so again, just, just please do whatever you have to. And if it's impossible, it's impossible. But if you can make it happen, I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm sure because I can't make any guarantees, but yeah. I think it would be worth your while. The demand is huge. You know, that show, the, the, the both of those shows are awesome. The Toronto show is packed, you know. I mean, Agreed. we'll see with new social distancing how things are, but I, I think that that would be great. So please Absolutely. do if you can. Um, somebody uh, who's asked this question that I wanted to put up here. Um, the question was, I can't find it right now, but the question was, and, and you, already, you already addressed it when you spoke to the fact that um, the grader that gets your submission isn't uh, based on the value of, of your submission. Um, what about sport? Or do you have certain graders that specialize in certain sports? We don't. Um, the guys are the guys are pretty well rounded. What are the sports? And I, sorry to jump in. I guess I guess I want to clarify. You also have like I, card identification people who identify the card. Is that different than the person who grades the card? It is. Yeah, they, they don't they don't do this. It's two separate guys that do that. Uh, there's guys that we have in the in the office that specialize in gaming cards that they know gaming front and back. They can identify them. They can grade them a little bit better than others. But all of our guys can pretty much are well rounded on all the cards that they can grade. We've got some vintage specialists in there. If you get some odd, tricky vintage stuff in there, we have a fantastic vintage guy in there that can sit there and identify those cards. Can know what they smell like, what they're supposed to look like. Um, so that that's um, there's not just one person that says I grade all the hockey cards. I've got all the basketball cards, not at all. 
Okay, and I, I kind of, I kind of pushed that one a little bit because uh, Tim Marin asked the question where you know he says, "I know you said it's a random draw and who grades a card on a given day, but are there graders per sport or era?" And then it, he says, "It's and, you know this is an assumption he makes. It seems it would be best to keep graders in their wheelhouse or expertise." Uh, in my mind, a card is a piece of, is a two and a half by three and a half inch piece of cardboard. Uh, anybody, if you can grade one card, you can grade another. But I think it's important that we have that last little bit of, of, of information that identifying the card is a different task than grading it. So Definitely. Are, okay, that, I think that's important. And Tim, I hope that kind of uh, appeases you on that. I know it would myself. It, uh, it, it, would be, it, would be, it would be tough on that to have someone that just specializes in hockey because there may be times that you're sitting around just twiddling your thumbs saying, oh, I, I need to grade some more stuff. And the basketball guy's like, somebody, please help me. Help me, help me. Exactly. Okay, Terry wants to say thanks for sharing those numbers and answering all our questions. And thank you, Terry, for for that for thanking Jeremy for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Jay Serviamto wants to know, is BVG10 comparable to BGS10? Which is which? Which is the better, which one is better than a PSA 10? I don't know if you can answer that, but uh, I don't know that I completely understand the question, Jay, but Jeremy, if you have any response, uh, feel free. Well, I'll tell you that BGS 10 is so much better than a PSA 10. Uh-huh. And I'm not even biased for that comment. No, I, um, BBG 10 is tough. I mean, you're looking at a, at a card that was cut poorly, that was was not probably not handled the way that it should have been, just depending on the year, but they're out there. Uh, you get them closer to the 80s. Um, that you'll have a chance of, of, of a 10. Um, you'd have to look at the secondary market. Um, I, I think in, in just the feedback that we've got, a, a BGS 10 is going to demand more than a PSA. That's that's the secondary market feedback. Um, and I think I think the secondary market would show that. But um, if you ask which is better, I'm obviously going to say BGS. So there you go. I wouldn't blame you. And I mean, I'm not, you know, in my, from my perception, my observations is that a BGS 10 commands more than a PSA 10, but a PSA 10 commands more than a BGS 9.5. There's all sorts of other videos you guys can all watch out there to see uh, people have opinions. And I'm sure we all have our opinions on how those grades kind of rank against each other and where they stagger or where they don't. Um, Awesome. An anonymous Facebook user makes a nice comment. I'm new to card collecting. I'm all about autograph shows and signings. This COVID shutdown has given me the opportunity to look at cards more. This has been great information. I, I'm really proud to hear that comment. I don't yeah. know if you are a, a commenter, but um, thank you for the comment. It, it just, you know, it, it makes me proud to be able to present the show, to bring Jeremy to the audience. And of course, to thank Jeremy for making himself available. Um, I'll I'll say this just real quick to jump in. I think shows like this, especially during this shutdown, um, have been a massive impact to the industry. I think you're not able to go face to face at a show, but when you can sit in your house um, and and watch these shows and and not just live, if you watch them later or anything like that, you're going to gain a lot of information. I mean, we had to make some adjustments and we we created a Beckett live show because we couldn't get to, to customers like we could. And so this type show where you're getting information like that, man, it's, it, you're, you're dead on. It's great to hear stuff like that. Yeah. Well, here's another one. Let's, let's keep some positive vibes going. Cause I am going to hit you with a couple of tough ones soon. Sure. Duncan Chino says, Jeremy, that's me mainly collects hockey. Duncan Chino collects football, two vastly different landscapes, but this content is relevant to the entire hobby. Great show, Jeremy and Mr. Murray. Thank you so much. Duncan Chino really yeah. do appreciate that. Simon says, I'm an international buyer and I only buy graded cards. Cost too much for me to personally grade cards. 
living in Australia. Yeah, I understand that. And you know, with with even with the cost of grading going up, um, it makes buying an already graded card that much more attractive to a lot of people. But I don't think grading is ever going to slow down the way the market is going. And with just the growth in the hobby in the last, yeah. you know, I can say two weeks, two months, six months, a year, it just it's just going going nuts still. And I'll tell I'll tell you with that. Uh, living in Australia, we have a great company there that we work with, Cherry Collectibles, that that is in Australia. And, and reach out to these guys, Femi Canada, Grosner Universal. These guys can help people submit cards. So it may not be as costly as you think if you work with, through those guys and submit stuff. So ask around if you're in a country and say, do you have anybody in London? Reach out to our team, gradingitbecca.com, and we can maybe put you in touch with somebody on sending stuff um, in through those guys. You know what's funny is that um, – you mentioned cherry collectibles in Australia and like, I wouldn't know what you were talking about if it wasn't for Instagram, but I'm pretty yeah. active on Instagram. And I see those guys on Instagram Crazy. all the time. All the these time. are, these are the most yeah. passionate card collectors going. Yeah. I don't want to say outside of North America because they might be the most passionate in the world. So I would just reiterate, and I don't know them at all, but I would reiterate yeah. what you're saying from their presence online that I've seen. Um, definitely check those guys. Where are they in Sydney, Australia? Do you know where yeah, they are? Yeah, I think right, right out of Sydney. And those are guys, if, if you want to kind of get a perspective of their market, reaching out to those guys and having um, their owner, Grayson, on the show, maybe a cool thing to hear um, and see kind of his thoughts. We had a call with him not long ago. And I said, man, you guys are constantly, I wake up in the morning and you guys are busting wax and doing all this stuff. It's great to see. It is really cool to see. Here's a quick one. Um, is BCCG still considered part of Beckett grading? We actually, great question. We actually stopped um, offering BCCG to the general public. Um, we, originally, when that was created, it was it was sort of to be um, a shop at home type product 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Cheap uh, grading service that could get cards in a case, get looked at. But what it's turned into is it was, we were looking at the cards the exact same way we were our regular service. Um, and it really wasn't worth it. It turned into something that it shouldn't have been. So we stopped that for the general public. And now it's only available to corporate style deals, large number of cards that are coming in the same way. That's what it was originally intended for. Awesome. It's okay. part of Beckett, but it's not one that we, we offer to the general public. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. I hope uh, you're happy with that one. Uh, anonymous user says, amen to getting a slabbing machine to Edmonton. Thanks for putting that out there, Jeremy. Uh, Toronto will start a GoFundMe to pay for that slab <laughs> machine to be here. So, you know, lots of, uh, lots of passionate collectors up here want that. Uh, Rappin Rajan said, Rappin, Rappin Rajan says, thanks for all the info. Jeremy's got to get some sleep. I'll have to watch the rest tomorrow. Keep grinding fellas. Love the show. Thank you, Rappin. Really appreciate that. It was me, Sean Abergel. Haven't hit the button yet. Go hit the button, Sean. Go hit the button, please. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, here's a question from Evil T. Is there a quota that graders need to meet by the hour, by the shift? How does that yeah. work? Yeah, we, we, we keep track of that. And, and it, it's sort of a way that you can see how your, your graders are doing, especially your new graders and then your, your old guys. You, you'll have some times that you get burned out and you slow down a little bit. You'll have some times that you get a tough order, a, a vintage order, a magic order, a card that there's a lot of altered stuff that they're catching there and it'll slow it down. We've got a number that our guys can can normally hit in a day. And those guys are really good at it because um, it impacts their growth in the company as, as well as they're doing, uh, the fewer the mistakes they're doing. Um, we do keep track of that. So we do have a quota. I won't give that out because um, it, it sort of gives a little bit too much away. But, yeah, we, we watch all that stuff. Okay. 
Uh, Jay wants to know why no subgrades on BVG. We originally, if you if you if you go back and look, there are vintage cards with subgrades on it. And what we were doing when we originally started grading, it sort of comes in our learning process, is we were giving low subgrades to edges, and the, the card was cut that way, and it wasn't wasn't fair. The card was a beautiful card, and if you look at it, it's a mint card, but the edge was a, a seven. And it's like, well, it's not really fair. So we got rid of the subgrades so we could then go to an overall eye appeal of the card and say, this thing's a mint card. This is a beautiful card. And we don't want natural edges that are normally chipped up and stuff like that to take away from it. So that's what we went away from that. It was it was a huge bump to our vintage business when we did that. Because you know, we, no, one, no one was sending us vintage cards. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I said earlier on the show when we talked about um, factory imperfections on modern cards that I said, you know, if every card comes out with a, let's say a dimple, well, then yeah. none of them should get a 10 on service, in my opinion. However, I feel somewhat differently. And I have to think about this, how I reconcile this in my own head when it comes to the, and it's, it's so typical with the biggest, most important hockey card there is, the Wayne Gretzky Opeachy rookie. Yeah. You have that rough cut edge. And, you know, one of your competitors, PSA, they don't uh, penalize for that rough edge. And I don't yeah. want them to. And so I think that's what you guys did. You just took you took your an approach to accommodate yeah. that. And it's weird because, you know, in one case, it's like, well, it came out of the, it came off the assembly, or it came off the production line imperfect. How can it be given a perfect grade? However, back in the 70s, when cards were cut and the 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 wires or the blades, whatever they used, were dulled over time or over use, yeah. it, it you know, it's it's a tough one to reconcile, um, but, you know, and so I don't envy you guys, any yeah. of these companies, for having to come up with your positions on these. I'm glad that you pick a position and yeah. that you stick with as long as you can until maybe one day you have to change it, yeah. you know, just as the as the market, things change. We know that. Sure. Um, Simon makes the comment that uh, Cherry is in Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. There you go, Melbourne. There you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, Troy is happy there's no more BCCG. Thomas wants to know why this is cutting out. I'm going to take that off the screen. I didn't see the curse word. Uh, we don't curse on our show. I've only done it once. This is episode number 34. Thomas, I've cursed once. It was on the last episode. If anyone catches me doing it more than that, you, you I don't let me know. But uh, I'll take a quick second here while I mention, guys, if you're new to the show, first of all, thanks for watching. If you would consider subscribing to the YouTube channel, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, so please do. Okay, and why it's cutting out is uh, we had some issues earlier on the episode. It's not coming from um, the studio or from us. It's It seems to be coming from other places. So nothing we can do about that, unfortunately. Simon wants to say thanks heaps. Heaps is a very popular Australian word. I spent a year in Australia for the excellent answers. Much appreciated. Dave says this has been awesome, guys. Dave, thank you for the comment, the compliment. Really appreciate it. Um Anonymous user wants to know what equipment does a grader have in their station? Is it like a cubicle setup? Great question. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's a, a, a workspace where the guys have it set up because they're there eight, 10 hours a day working and it's it's comfortable. Um, they have lights as they need it. Some guys need special lights, more lights, things like that. Um, there's, there's magnification depending on what type of card they use. Uh, jewelers loops, the big lights with the, 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 magnification on that they look at it's really whatever the guys need some guys need a little bit more equipment to look at some things um some we have black lights in there if you need to look at black lights um you can put it underneath a mag, mag uh, a microscope to really dive in there and look at it closer um it's really whatever the guys need to do that oh. they're they're the specialists 
so in some cases you may have like say one black light in the room and if when they need it they'll get up and get it type of yeah. thing and yeah. okay i mean in, interesting to to put a visual to what to these guys in the rooms doing the job yeah that's something that everybody would like to see I was fortunate enough in 2009 to get a tour of one of your competitors' offices and got to see the grading room. So I can actually have a mental image of what this what this can look like, and I think that that's neat. Um, Simon's follow-up question on the BCCG. Would you recommend buying a BCCG cards? As you said, they were graded the same way a regular Beckett card was, even though they're significantly cheaper. And one thing about BCCG slabs that I remember seeing is it'll always say, like, near mint or better or something right. like that so it you know obviously the, the grades were seemed to me to be higher than what the true grades would have been uh, i don't want to spend a lot of time on this since you don't offer it anymore but if you have a quick explanation it, it, it was one too that if, if hindsight was 2020 we would probably change the way that that was done the labeling and things like that it's it, it is a good way if you want a card you're going to get it for for cheaper than what you would have a bgs graded card so if it's a card that you want for your, your collection, or if you get a BCC G10, you probably have to think you probably got a, a BGS9 card there if you got it graded. So if you want the card, it's for your PC. Um, you're not looking to really make a ton of money on it. BCC is fantastic. Um, it's great for, for its purpose. These repackaged products that we do with the, cor the corporate style deals are fantastic. You get nice cards in there. It's great for a, a collector to have those. Um, but that's the difference between BCCG. You're just not going to get get the um, the inner sleeve, you're not gonna get the subgrades, and you get kind of get a, a generic grade on the card. Fair, okay. David wants to know, so should I submit my Mint Gretzky rookie card for BVG or BGS? And I mean, I think the answer is you can only do BVG, is that correct? Yep, anything 1980 or older automatically goes to BVG. Okay, yep. thank you. Okay, so uh, for the first time this evening, we've gotten to the bottom of the comments and questions, which is great timing, because I'm gonna hit you now with uh, what I consider to be uh, the, a couple challenging questions, um, and the, uh, they're, they're based on discussions that are going on on, on the blowout message boards for the most okay. part. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. What do you say to people on blowout forums? Because that seems to be where the this uh, the blowout detective agency, the BODA, resides, um, who have accused Beckett of handing out black labels to ex-staff. How do you yeah. uh, respond to that accusation that has been floating around there for several months now. Yeah, it, it's actually been a year. It was about a year ago that this, this all popped up right, right, right around the national because that was a big topic then. I'll tell you that I don't go to message boards. I don't read them. All it will do um, if you are in this industry is it will make you mad if they're, if people are bashing your product and things like that. But man, did we hear about it? We heard about this, um, and it's a simple it's a simple answer. And it was it was one that I can say that, um, and it's a it's public information that I was called into a. Um, a legal situation between Upper Deck and Leaf. And I was under, was deposed and, and, and took question about this exact type thing. So we don't give preferential treatment to anybody, anybody that's out there. Um, I wish that I could, I could take everybody into our grading room and show them exactly how this works, where the guys don't know whose cards are grading at all. They grab an aura out of there, it has a number on it, that's it, and it goes off. That's how we want it. We don't, we don't care whose cards they are. We grade a card based on the card alone. So, the situation you talked about with Joe, um, he Joe is a, a former Beckett employee. He was in sales. He did not grade cards, um, had nothing to do with that. Um, and so he no longer works for us. He works for Leaf and um, he's a collector. He is a, 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 a buyer and seller of cards. And I think if you go on those message boards and, and read it, 
he does low-end stuff and he knows what to look for. And so he goes up there and he he buys his cards and whatever, and he turns the cards in like many others do and say, I want a minimum grade of 10. That's the only thing I want graded. I'm going to pay for every card that's there. If I submit 100 cards and 10 of them grade 10, well, you don't see the other 90 that didn't uh, in there. So you you see his account. It's got all 10s in there. Well, he obviously has an inside guy there. So the inside guy there is not an inside guy. To have someone inside Beckett to do that, you're number one going to have, have about five or six people that have to take the order and process it. There's a checks and balances all along the way. So how I kind of described it when this first came out is you're hitting a six or seven game parlay every time you submit that if you think you have an inside guy. I love that people t- say, I've got an inside guy named Jeremy at Beckett. He hooks me up. I can't even grade cards. I can't, I can't go to our guys and say, hey, put tens on all these cards. Like they're going to say, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. Um, so there's so many checks and balances in there that won't allow that for anybody, not just Joe, but, um, but for any customer that submits that. So on these message boards, on these social media forms, the people that have these inside sources that this happens and this happens, it's not true. It's just not true. Um, and I wish that I could, like I said, bring everybody back in there and say, here's the process. Here's how it works. Um, and there's no, there's no preference treatment for, for anybody. It, it does us, it does us no good. Like I said before, this is a, to help somebody out to get their order through there. There's no benefit for anybody there at all. I've said it before where people say, um, do you switch cards? You, you, um, help customers out and things like that. It's like none of our jobs are worth this switching a card out, damaging cards and not telling you, um, especially helping We'll, we'll use Joe, someone like Joe, get them, get tens in there. That, there's, there's no benefit for that. Yeah. So I, I hope that, I hope that helps. I mean, I've, I've talked about that before on, on some forms a, a year or so ago. Like I said, I, I was, I was sworn in uh, and under oath and had to talk about this. Um, there's, there's nothing there, but there's, there's just showing that there. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm riding with those guys on the, on the blowout boards and they're good. Those guys spend a lot of time and they they do a lot of work, uh, and I don't know what they do in their in their real job. But man, they they need to be detectives because they're good. They're good, and they and they bring up questions and they and they stir up things and they've helped the hobby. I think in, in overall, I think with us internally, I've talked about it before. We've changed some of our security measures just to make sure there's no gaps there. Right. Um, and I, I think that I'm going to guess probably PSA has probably done the same thing just to to protect their brand and protect their name. But I can tell you from us, there's no internal guys. There's no preferential treatment. Um, and talking to some, some people that are not PSA, I'm going to guess it's probably the same way over there. So these the blowout detectives, um, you know, they're very good at catching a card that's been trimmed because, yeah. the, you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's right there in front of them. They can basically count the dots, whatever it takes to, yeah. to see where a card was trimmed and what what material, what cardboard is no longer there. But when it comes to the... the um, accusations and then the evidence that they put forward, which are usually screenshots from submissions. Um, I mean, are, are they, are they looking the, from what you're saying? There's in your opinion, they're just looking for something that isn't there. Is that, yeah, they, uh, it, it's, that it's, not there. it's not and, there. And I think, I think what's crazy about this is, is Joe was crazy enough when this all started, he asked, can I give him access to my account? Let him go in there and look at my cards, go look at it. And he, he was crazy enough to say, here's my login, go look at my stuff. 
Go, go do it. And it still wasn't good enough for him. And that's why I kind of said here before, if you'll listen to me, I'll tell you the truth as much as I can on this. I won't give you any inside details or things like that, but I'll, I'll be honest with you and, and tell you this stuff, but you got to be able to listen to me and don't come in there with a perceived uh, or with a perception that he's lying. It's not whatever he's telling me is not true. I heard online that Jeremy is the inside guy and gives all Joe all of his tens and black labels. It's 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 not there. It's not true. Okay. Okay. So let's let's uh, go to the the uh, the next one. First, I just want to say to Al G, thank you for the information on why some people are showing up as anonymous if they're no, normally watching on their on their computer and other on their phone. So I appreciate that, Al. Thank you. I didn't think of that. Okay. The next uh, challenging question, and it's not that much different, but it's 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 just based on another accusation that I'm aware of that's out there. So. What do you say to the people out there who accuse Beckett of giving preferential, and you've almost already answered this, so yeah. I feel silly, but let's just do it anyway. What do you say to people who accuse Beckett of giving preferential treatment to your biggest submitters? Yeah. Because I hear it not just to, I hear the accusation, not just to Beckett, I hear it at PSA too, that, oh, if you submit, and I don't know the answer, but if you submit yeah. this many cards, you're going to get better grades. Um Address that a little bit, please, for the audience. Yeah, it, it, it's the same thing that I kind of said along. The guys have no idea who they're grading. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit before the show started. We have this year since um, since 2020, we have 3,000 new customers, over 3,000 new guys that have never submitted before. And these are guys that are submitting big cards, large orders and things like that. And our guys get these orders out of their out of the grading shelf to grade, and they have no clue who they're grading. It could be our first-time customer that's submitting 200 cards, or it could be our long-term customer that has submits all the time. It doesn't matter to us. It truly, and it and it, and it sounds um, sort of callous, but the, the guys don't care. They don't care whose cards they're grading. Their job is to get through the quota that the person mentioned earlier. Get through the quota, do it correctly, move on. Let's get to the guys order that's been sitting in the vault for a long time. We want to get through that stuff. And so to worry, say, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I get the big customer here, get his stuff graded higher. So he gets it out. There's no benefit for that. There's no way it can happen. The graders have no idea whose cards are graded. Okay, man. Well, thank you for addressing that. Yeah, of course. It's a challenging question, but um, I like to ask those ones when I have the opportunity. And I think it's important to, to, to provide you again with the platform to yeah. respond to these because oftentimes these accusations are thrown out there flippantly. I see it every day on message boards and on YouTube videos. Accusations coming from people who just don't have all the information. So, um, and I'm not faulting them. For, it's not always faulting them for sure. that. But it's, it's important that you get a, a voice as well. And I think yeah. this is a great platform for that. So thank you for doing that. A couple of random questions now coming in that I think are interesting. Uh, Terry says, could you video the whole process and share it? It would be neat to see but I understand if it's confidential. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it, it's something that we've talked about. And, I, and, I, and we, we've done some, I think, some pictures along the way. And I don't, I don't, a lot of the guys in there have no problem um, with, with video, video in the process and seeing the thing through that. So I wouldn't rule that out that that doesn't come sooner rather than later um, when we do some things virtually, especially if, if, if shows and events and stuff don't continue and say, hey, let's, this is pretty interesting. This, this would be good for them to know. A lot of people may be underwhelmed with it and say, man, that's, it's really kind of boring now that you're looking at it. It's, you're looking at it and, and you move it on and, and then this and that. Um, yeah. I tell people, people say, can I come out the office and take a look? It's like, I mean, you can, but there's, you're not going to get into the grading room where all the good stuff is and the rest of it is just office. So um, 
it, it, it could be that, but I wouldn't rule it out that we eventually show a video of the process how it goes. That'd be really cool. I look forward to seeing that myself for sure. Jay wants to know, what are your thoughts on the, the star 8485 basketball cards? PSA doesn't grade them, but BGS does. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on your, your position on those cards? It was a, it was a, a, that star set was one that we, um, we said no to for a long time. And we went out and we got some really trusted guys that we um, brought in as consultants and learned more about star cards. Star cards are, man, they're brutal. And, and it's amazing how many of these rare cards will pop up all the time with blank backs or Michael Jordan with this back and things like that. And sometimes some star cards will say, we can't do these. These are, I don't know if these were printed yesterday in your basement or if they were actually printed in 8045. It's an amazing card. When I collected back in the in the, in the the late 80s, early 90s, I wanted star basketball cards so bad. And I could not find them anywhere. They were so rare. Um, and now you see a lot of them. Um, but I'm glad we do them. Um, it, they're, they're a tough card to grade, but they're a cool, unique card. Um, and it's kind of an advantage that we have right now over PSA is that we, we do have this, the expertise on staff to grade those cards. Okay. Thank you for that, Jay. I hope that satisfies. Uh, Jamie wants to know, what are your thoughts on wiping down a card that may have a small light scratch on it prior to submission? You, you have to do it. I mean, it, it, it benefits you to do that. And, and a lot of, a lot of people talk about if wiping down a card or um, pushing down a, a, a corner that may be sticking up or, or, or cleaning up the card a little bit, is it altering the card? We don't really think it is because all you're doing is, is removing an imperfection that probably is not, shouldn't be there. It could have been touched. It could have been manhandled in the pack or something like that. So clean a card up for sure. If you can We'll do our best to do that when a card comes in. We're not going to scrub a card by any means, but on some of the, the prism cards, you can wipe it down with a cloth and the dust and stuff will come out. And um, we do our best to do that. But if there's an imperfection on there, try to clean it up before. And then if it's an imperfection that is, you can see clearly with your eye, you may not send it in because it's going to, it's going to really hurt the grade. It may be best to keep that card. I tell people that, especially new guys, you had some new guys on here earlier, take your stack of cards, look them with a the naked eye, weed out the cards that have flaws on it then go back through with some magnification and, and weed it out more you'll save yourself a lot of time a lot of money and a lot of heartache when you get those cards back and you've weeded out so many of them will you guys wipe off a fingerprint if, if the grader sees it on the card we can yeah we, we do it's, it's one of those things that we won't scrub it but if it's if it's easily can be wiped off we'll do that we'll do our best to do that um because we want the grade as high as possible i mean if if a great card grades out well um it helps the customers um, to submit more cards and to be happy and to promote the business um, and things like that. I think it's a, I think it's a nice uh, added touch myself. Yeah. You will, that you will do that. Uh, Troy says for real great interview. I can't say thanks enough. Thank you, Troy, for that comment. Really appreciate it. Uh, here's a question, Jeremy, that I, you know, that um, I'll just, I'll just put it on the board. Nothing, nothing yeah. special about it. What's yeah. the process from receiving the card until it leaves the Beckett facility? Just curious how many times the card exchanges hands through receiving to shipping. Yeah. So we, we have a, a logistics team that receives orders in every day from all the, all the different shipping carriers. The packages are open in a secure room monitored with a, with a staff that we have in there. Um, and those guys that go through, they open the submissions, they check if the submission form matches up to the number of cards and it goes into an individual bin separated at that point. At that point, it goes in the vault and wait still goes invoicing. The cards are identified, then graded, um, and they're always separated. There's steps along the way. If for somehow there's a card missing from one step to another, you stop, 
you figure out, hey, what's going on here? Oh, it's stuck to the back of this card. It's all good. Um, and then it moves on like that. So steps along the way, five or six steps along the way, but the cards are never separated from the order. Um, the cards are always kept with either a submission form early on or after the cards are entered in the system, the submission form goes away, goes to the graders and are graded anonymously. And then only matches back up to the, the person who submitted them once labels are per, uh, printed and then the cards are being uh, slabbed up and, and ready to ship. So go, so, so from, from grading to slabbing to the slabbing of the production department yep. and from there to the shipping department where it gets assembled yep. and, and, and packaged and shipped. Yep. Okay. Every, every, every step along the way is monitored. Security is, is incredible in, in the building. Obviously it has to be with the amount of cards and, and value that's in there. And, um, like I said, the orders are kept together, so there's no mixing up or anything like that. Uh, Jamie had a follow-up to his question about wiping down a card with a small scratch. He goes on to say, you know, sorry, but using a substance like a wax on a on prism cards, can you speak to people that have filled in uh, sort of scratches with a, with a, a foreign the, substance? The guys will catch that in a lot of situations. We, we've seen some crazy stuff come in there, try to cover uh, cards up. Um, it, it's like a, a soot that some people put on there. It's a wax. It's a color. Uh, you got to watch for all that. And you're, you're catching new stuff all the time. Um, I don't know specifically on wax on that since I don't grade cards. But um, if if you've tried to put it in there, um, there's a good chance that the guys take a look at that and say, hey, something's on here that's not supposed to be. Cool, man. Here's another one. Just came in from Terry. He wants to know, does the same grade or grade the whole order? I'm going to assume yes. Yeah. It, it, it stays, the order, it comes into the grader, they grade the, the order, um, and it's looked at. If it moves on to the next grader, that grader looks at it, never separates an order. It just makes me think back, this is going to bore a lot of people, but I used to, you know, I, I'm an accountant by trade, and I, I, I used to work in, in tax for several years. And I remember during uh, personal tax season, we would, you'd go into the room and you just grab whatever bundle of, of files were there. And it was often a, a family, you know, husband, yeah. wife, son daughter you'd grab all four and do them all we didn't okay i'll do the father you do the mother yeah. you, you did them all together so i kind of understand how that process works from uh from my own uh, experience yep. okay man well listen uh we have covered off i think everything that i had on my i'm just looking at my notes right now um i think we had you know everything we've covered everything that, that i had out there um oh one thing i just saw you your fees are based on turnaround times whereas some other companies charge based on the value assigned to the card. Why don't you switch? Not that I'm asking you to. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, people have asked that, especially as, as we've changed our service and our and our prices. Why don't why don't you change that? And it's one of the things when when Dr. Beckett set this up. One of the core things that he set up is we're going to have subgrades that differentiate us. We're going to have an inner sleeve that that we have on there, and then we're going to charge one price for the card. What it's there, it doesn't matter the card that's there. Um, and so I've heard, I've heard both sides of this. It's great when you get a call from one of the other companies and say, hey, you owe us an extra $500. Well, you know that you've got a huge card there. Um, and that's, that's fine if you if you wanna pay that. But it's also nice when you send in a, a Jordan rookie and it comes back a 9.5 and you've paid now the two day service $125 and you say, this is fantastic. I now have a 40 or $50,000 card. Um, and so, it's been talked about. I'm kind of um, in our old school ways where I, I want to just stick to what's gotten us here 
and we just charge um, based on the number of cards you're submitting and how quick you want it back and just grade the cards for what it is. Um, and, I, and I hope it eventually stays that, I mean, it stays that way. Um, Cause like I said, that's, that's kind of how we, we started the business. Awesome, man. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, what, what usually happens on this show, Jeremy, is that I try to end it and then more yeah. questions come in and I find yeah. that, I'll, you know, as we've been going for an hour 51. My episodes are the long, they're like the longest ones on YouTube. Right? Yeah. When you, when you said it's, it'll be about two hours, I was like, I've never done one of these for that long. And what, it, it, it goes fast. I mean, we're at, we're at an hour and 50 minutes and it, it's really flown by. So um, it, it's been great. I, I, I appreciate let me come on here and answer questions. And I hope it's, it's helped people and, and know, like I said before, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a lot of this stuff. It's, it's something that I love. I loved it for 20 years and I look forward to another 20 years there and, and we're proud of what we built. Okay. Well, listen, and um, you know, thank you for taking the time tonight to come on. Thank you to all the viewers uh, who are watching. Thank you for all your questions and comments. We had some real great interaction tonight with yeah. everybody. So some, some really great questions. I, I can't think of any more that, that weren't asked. Thank you for taking the challenging questions and uh, sure, for responding to some of the uh, accusations that have been made out there. Really happy that you gave us the data on how the how the overall market is split yeah. by sport and non-sport. That was really informative. So that might be my favorite takeaway from cool. this personally. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, we, here, here comes what Bill says. Thank you for the candid conversation. Very insightful. And that's what I try to do on the show. So thank you, Bill, for the comment. Um, and Jeremy, I mean, uh, this has been awesome. As the market matures and things move forward and time goes by, you know, and we see you up in, in Toronto or Edmonton with a slabbing machine. Yeah. You know, let's, maybe we'll get you back or we'll get Charlie or Charles on for a show or David Poole, who's one of your senior 21-year uh, veteran senior yeah. grader, who I had the, the privilege of interviewing for the virtual expo in June. Maybe get David on and speak to an actual, because you're you admittedly, you're not a grader. You're a VP of grading, so you're not a card grader, but it might be nice to get David on here and put a face to the guy who's actually grading our cards or one of the sure. guys who's actually grading our cards, and that would be awesome. Uh, Jamie says, thanks. Uh, thanks again, guys. Come to Edmonton in all capitals. Yep. Simon says, uh, I know personally, I don't want all the grading companies doing all the same thing. That's a great yep. comment. Thank you guys for the information. Very eye-opening. David, welcome to the show. Says, awesome as always. Uh, thanks to Jeremy for addressing everything. Al says, very informative and enjoyable show. Al, thank you for watching as always. All right, Jeremy. I mean, that's it, man. Good. Yeah. Thank I you. I got a bath. I'm going to bed. It's, it's late here. It's late. I know. You're, you're midnight there. So, uh, I'm going to say thank you again to all the viewers. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. Back on when, on today's Saturday, back on, no, today's Wednesday, back on Saturday with Brian Gray from Lee. That'll be good. That'll be yeah, good with Brian. We'll have he's, always, he's always entertaining. Always he's entertaining. Always we'll have a great state yeah. of the hobby update. So with that, I'm going to say good night, everyone. Jeremy, wait there for one second. And good night. Peace out, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks, guys. And we just wait for it to spin and officially tell us it is over. It's still spinning. I don't know if, if uh, the audience can.